Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer today. Typically, we'd be headed off to Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. The horses, they remind you that the province of Alberta was built on the back of a horse. Joined now by Reed Wilkins from 630 Chad's Inside Sports. He's the game day host of Oilers Hockey. Reed, I mean, it's Oilers now, but the Eskimos are stealing the headlines today, are they not? Like, Brock Sunderland has made some moves. This is a surprising day for the green and gold. So Riley's gone, which we knew was coming. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big loss. I don't want to understate that. Mike Riley was an outstanding player, and he was an outstanding ambassador for the team. He he was one of those guys that became the face of the team, and he embraced it with his charisma, with his obviously with his play, his his ability to just connect with people. I mean, if you got to interview Mike Riley or talk to him, just a well-spoken, genuine, charismatic person, and he backed it up on the field. Without a doubt. With, I mean, most outstanding player, great cup, one of the top players in the league for several seasons. Pass- he, is, he is going to be missed. Uh, but some of these names that are popping up for the Eskimos who, are, who have signed or who are rumored to be confirmed soon, uh, okay, so Trevor Harris has been confirmed as the quarterback to a, for a two-year contract. I would, all, I would put Harris in that next tier of quarterbacks after Bo Levi and, and Mike. For the, say over the last three years, that's fair to it's say. It's been Mitchell and it's been Riley and it's been other quarterbacks who have been good at times, but haven't always been as consistent or as spectacular when they when they are good. So I would put Harrison probably that group with Nichols, maybe Mazzoli, how he played the last couple of years. Um, so I'd put him in that group. So you so you get him. I don't look. I don't think Trevor Harris is as good a quarterback as Mike Riley. You don't replace three seasons of 5,500-plus passing yards. Exactly. But here's here's the kicker. Greg Ellingson, it looks like he's coming with Harris. Mm -hmm. And I think you would put them up there as, I mean, over the last three years, best duo in the league. And I put put them ahead of other players that would have played with Riley or Mitchell because they played together pretty much the entire time. I mean, Walker was gone for a while. Mm-hmm. Calgary had some good guys get injured, unfortunately, for them. So so that's interesting. Harris with Ellingson, and it also sounds like Devaris Daniels from the Calgary Stampeders. And that's what I, I just got in, and Dave told me that, and I was like, you can't be serious. So that's, that's encouraging. I mean, hey, we got to see how it plays out on the field, but yeah. these are... These are bigger name ads. These are players who you know can be starters or have been stars in the CFL. It's not, well, we're going to take the fifth receiver off another team and try to make him our second receiver or hope he can become the second receiver. So that, that that's encouraging. And off, also offensively, Sir Vincent Rogers from the Ottawa Red... Sorry, from the Ottawa... 
Red Blacks! <laughs> who has been one of the best alignment in the league for the past few years. So it's so it's it's interesting. I mean it's 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 really tough to lose Riley. It's really tough to lose Riley. Um but yeah, there's there's some <laughs> there's some encouraging moves here offensively and three new linebackers. Larry Dean confirmed from Hamilton, likely Dan Unamba from Hamilton and Javon Santos Knox from Winnipeg. And Larry, so totally Larry, Dean, Larry Dean last season was the East's like best defensive player, right? Yes. He won the award for that. So we're not talking about just a role player here. Is if if you got to pick somebody to replace JC Sherritt, that's not a bad option. Yeah. So I, I'm actually Brock Sutherland's done more than I thought he would do, mm-hmm. and the and the day's not over. So I, and now here's another thing I'm going to say though. Here's another thing to keep in mind. We're talking about all these players. We'll see how they fit together. You know, injuries are a wild card, age, all that kind of stuff. You don't win without a quarterback, so Trevor Harris will be the most important new addition to the Edmonton Eskimos this year. You know who I think might wind up being the second most important addition to the Edmonton Eskimos, or at least a key in terms of which way it's going to go? Philip Lawley, the defensive coordinator. Because he said, he said when I interviewed him, when he was hired, he said, it's my default mode is to bring pressure. Of course, I'm going to look at who I have and play to my strengths, but he likes to dial it up. And why did a lot of fans get mad at Mike Benavides as a defensive coordinator? Too passive. Now, I also think he was didn't think that he had the horses to to necessarily bring it, but I think Lolly's going to try a little bit harder to to bring it, and and those are those are pretty good linebackers. I mean, hey, see, we're middle of February, so of course yeah. we're still in we'll see mode. But again, they're bringing guys in who've already proven they they can play in the league. We're not signing other teams' backups and making them starters. Right now, one of the weaknesses for this team last year, if I'm not mistaken, was the secondary. The mm-hmm. secondary just lost Aaron Grimes. So right, that's where they're going to have to look to really. And I'm, and I'm still concerned about the secondary. Um, I've you you know I've always liked Gable. Um, I'd like to see him used a little more. I, I still think there's some ability there, but I'll be a little iffy on running back. I would think they might be still looking to help the O-line a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think they would still need a center, right? Because I don't think Sorensen is for sure coming back, and he was later in his career. So definitely there's still some areas to be addressed, and and I still wonder what might happen at receiver. So Mitchell and Duke left. So now you got Ellingson and... Daniel uh, Daniel's coming in most likely not confirmed yet but most likely for those two guys Stafford's coming back who I've yeah. always liked as a as a three four guy you probably have one of Ajay or Bahar I would think as your Canadian now Walker's likely going to leave or we at or wherever you're comfortable saying likely doesn't sound like he's going to BC anymore because they've spent so much on other right. guys and so they just where's Darrell Walker exactly and and, and, and Vidal Hazelton as well is. Right. So here's the thing, Reed. Is this is this is day one of free agency, but there's still a chance. Uh, oh, and Rogers is now official by the Eskimos. There you go. So um, the guys that they have been released, not only from the Eskimos for their their NFL tryouts, but around the league, there's still the chance that this roster could be bolstered. But you wonder. You look, you look at the moves right now, and uh, and Larry Dean himself was two hundred and ten thousand dollars for one year, I believe, and that's so. Where are they with respect to the salary cap? I guess we have to see. Yeah, I'm not I'm not totally sure about that, but I mean, clearly they were budgeting close to three quarters of a million dollars for Riley, given that they said they would match. 
that they would match whatever. I mean, we knew other teams. We knew it was BC all along. Mm -hmm. So now is that money being spread around to other positions? I don't. I haven't seen any reports on the money on Harris. I'm not sure if that's out there yet. I doubt he got. Let me just double check. Yeah, but obviously now there's spreading the money around on on other teammates. This this is really interesting. I did not see the Eskimos making a splash to this extent today. I real I really didn't. I like I thought they might be able to get you know, obviously in a nine team league, you're gonna get some good players from other teams. Though apparently unless you're in the East Division. I mean this is a <laughs> West this has been a West centric league for a long time. It might be even more so this year. Like the the East Division could be worse than it was last year and has been for the last few years. I know they won a couple great cups in that span, but you know what I'm saying. Well, Ottawa completely disbanded William Powell, their running back, who was pretty damn. And good that's for a good pickup for the seasons. Riders. Yeah, I, I like Powell, very good runner. Got a text here, read out of St. Paul. It says, "So you're saying that the Oilers' method of taking on other teams' scratched players who are on two-year contracts and expecting them to be top four D or top six forwards isn't working? Who would have thought? Oh yeah, <laughs> everybody except our hockey ops. Apparently, props to the asks for making some good moves today." That is a well, salty and again, text, I mean, they but... all they all look good in the off season, and when yeah. you add a guy to your team, you you look at his you look at the upside more than than the weaknesses, you know, because you want to be optimistic and and you're going to focus on what he did in his career. But I mean, again, Ellickson's <laughs> Ellickson's been very good. Uh, Harris, and I mean, this is going to be the thing with Harris. He he's I mean when his his poor games tended to be worse than Riley's poor games and Riley had slumps even the year he won MOP he had slumps and Harris probably isn't as explosive as 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 Riley so you may be looking at you know like I said I think it's a notch down in terms of quarterback but this isn't going from Ray to Giles like it was eight years ago or whenever that was. <laughs> so you go down two years, you go down a little bit in, in production, but the ceiling, you would say the ceiling for each player, especially if you can keep Harris on his feet, might be within the same conversation. Yeah, and have a running game. Like, they didn't... And that's why I have trouble evaluating Gable's game from last year because I also don't think he was used enough. And, you know, we talked about that a lot throughout last year. So it's... it's Yeah, it's it, this is a really interesting day for the CFL, and like I said, more so for the West Division. <laughs> yeah, this could have been a really bad day for the Eskimos, I think, Reed, and instead Brock Sunderland has completely flipped the script. He, he has overhauled the, uh, the Eskimos' core group. You know, he's added some real key pieces on a day where... This, this could have been uh, the real demise. But, but I think you made a good point. The, sec- the secondary, if you looked at all the position units, um, yeah, you'd probably have to say secondary is the biggest question mark. And oh, by the way, do they have a kick returner? We've been asking that question for about <laughs> 15 years, off and on. Great text here on the Heartland Ford text line at 630-630, Reed. It's from Dino Bambimo, Bambino. Oh, yeah, he texts. And he says, with all the Ottawa players coming to the Eskimos today, are we now the Edmonton Green golds. Oh my goodness! Well, and Dino, am I? If is it all capitalized? Am it's, I? Am I allowed sure to shout it, out, shout it out all ahead. the time? No, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable <laughs> doing that. That's too much. We're trying to track down Dave Campbell, by the way, to uh, jump on and provide some analysts. He's the color color analyst. Well, he's around. Season. They might be going to the stadium soon. We're planning our afternoon coverage. It's quite exciting. There you go. Uh, okay, so we've officially reached the point where we've we've got the first message, and it's from Topher. It says, oh, is, is this Oilers now? Classic. Well, I actually Topher, haven't heard, I haven't heard from you in a long time, Topher. So, Reed, 
This next stretch of the three games for the Edmonton Oilers, in my opinion, will ultimately decide whether they forego the rest of this season, essentially, and start the, re- the retool. I won't call it a rebuild, but I'll call it a retool. Or... Did they get themselves back into serious contention for a wild card spot here? Well, Hitch said today that they they have to win two out of every three games, and if they do that, they'll make the playoffs. And he's right because if you get if you have a six six seven points percentage or winning percentage between now and the end of the year, uh, so what they got twenty seven left, so that's winning uh, nineteen of the twenty seven. Well, yes, very, very likely they'd make the playoffs, but they aren't good enough to do that. I, I, I think I got a flat out say. I mean, if you mm-hmm. win, if you have a six, six, seven points percentage between now and the end of the year, you're probably the best team in the league or in the top four over the final third of the season. The Oilers have shown no evidence of being able to sustain that. I mean, basically they have to go. Remember when they went nine, two, and two under Hitch? Yeah. Sure, everybody remembers that. They have to do that twice. <laughs> they have to go nine two and two, and then they have to go nine two. I'm, I'm serious. Like I'm not, I'm not I, just trying I, I to know. be sarcastic or I be know. a downer. That is the math on making the playoffs. They have to go so they have eighteen to go four and four, oh, wow. twenty and seven. You know, maybe seventeen seven and three, if it's a ninety point cut line, which it probably will be for the second wild card. But so it's they're not in a good spot. And I mean, here's here's the thing. Yes, this road trip is important. Like, these past few games were important that they frittered away some points there. So let's say they go... After tonight, if looking at the schedule, there's a good chance they're going to be eight out, not six out. So let's say they go 3-0 and on the road trip. They could still be six or eight points out of the playoffs, even if they go 3-0 and on the road trip, because there are so many teams ahead of them those teams can then be the new team that jumps into the playoff spot. This is very difficult for the Oilers to to make up ground. Now, Hitch is right. If they win two-thirds of their games, by the time we get to the first week of April with four games left, they're going to be, they'd be really close. But, I mean, if they go, you know, one and two, one, one and one, oh and three, I mean, it's it's lights out. And I don't know who they're going to move. I heard a little bit of, of you and Bob. Mm-hmm. Could Chason be in play? Sure. Is there something huge coming back? No. Could Talbot be in play? Sure. Is there something huge coming back? Is anybody get to take Toby Reader and zero goals as a rental? I, I can't. I can't see it. I can't see getting much back if you do. So and they've already they've already said several times we're not trading a young player or a draft pick. So what are how much how much actual retooling are we talking about happening at the deadline if they ha- sell? I don't think very much. Perhaps not. I think that if I'm a general manager around the league, and this is just where I stand on this, I'm looking at this team and saying, okay, Reader has no goals there, but neither does anybody else. It's just been a frustrating culture, a frustrating year for this entire team. So I'm banking on, for example, Bob mentioned San Jose as a possible destination for Toby Reader. If I'm the general manager in San Jose, I'm looking at, that's not even really a, a reclamation project because everything has been so poor for the Oilers this year, right? To me, it looks like everybody having their down year at the same time is a result of being here. I I think I'm looking at that saying, I can buy low on a guy like Toby Reeder. If I'm the Oilers, I don't want to get rid of Alex Chason because he's one of few productive players that you don't have to pay through the roof for. 
Right, but if they're really out of it and you can mm-hmm. get even a, even a pick for him or something, and you know maybe he's interested in coming back, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens over the summer. But I think you'd have you'd have to look at that if teams are asking about him. I mean, if you're ten if you're ten points, let's just say use ten points as a what if. So what is it? February twenty fifth is the deadline. Yeah. If you're ten points out going into play Nashville that night, what what are you retaining Alex Chase on for? For twenty games of of a team that doesn't have a chance, right? And if he's, you, if, he's, if you can get a little bit, he's come way if back down. If you get a draft pick, well, the thing about Chase on, so he shot over forty percent for almost the first half of the season. Everybody which was that incredible, sustainable. Yeah, good for him for doing that. I mean, you still give him credit for having a burst, but I, I still look at Chase on as a player who plays relatively responsible hockey. And finds a way to contribute. I, I talked to him yesterday, and he said, "He goes, defenders are all over me now. They don't give me any room because they saw me with the hot stick, and they don't want me to, to shoot or get in front of the net. So now they're defending me tougher. But he's still been able to pick up some assists. Go, made a couple nice passes on the power play to help with goals in the last couple of weeks. And I still think he gets engaged in terms of positioning and and physicality." I think if a team were to add Chase on as a depth player, like he was on Washington last year for a playoff run, I think he has some cachet that way. But again, you're not getting something really, uh, you're not getting a diamond back for that. Absolutely right. All right, we should probably take a break here, Reed. I appreciate you taking the time to join me in place of Spectre who's usually here for Stoffer Inspector on Tuesdays, and that is uh, brought to you by the horses at Horse Racing Alberta, who remind you to keep an eye open for the opening of the Century Mile Racetrack coming up this spring. Uh, we will step aside here on Oilers Now. We'll come back with NHL Today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. It's Brendan Escott in for Bob Stoffer today. Bob and the Oilers are uh, about to board a plane here for Pittsburgh. They've got the Penguins coming up tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. That is a 6 p.m. puck drop, 4.30 for the face-off show. And i got to tell you that some guests on Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. All right, let's sneak in NHL today. It's for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. It's more than just sportswear. 12 games across the NHL tonight. Plenty of Canadian action as well, including the Flames visiting Tampa Bay, the Senators hosting Carolina, Winnipeg entertaining New York, and that's the Rangers, by the way, and Toronto is playing in Colorado. Bruins forward David Pasternak had surgery on his thumb, will be out for at least the next two weeks, and then he'll be reevaluated. A big loss there for Boston in the Eastern playoff race. The Senators recalled top goaltending prospect Philip Gustafson from Binghamton, and that's because Craig Anderson is day-to-day after, and I'm not kidding when I say this, taking a tennis ball in the eye while warming up before yesterday's practice. So, 
it it just seems like the bad news bears at times out there in Ottawa. But again, Craig Anderson is day to day taking a tennis ball to the eye. Uh, finally, the Jets sent uh, defenseman Sammy Niku down to the AHL, and the Canadians waived forward Michael Chaput. Should mention too, Michael DiPietro made his NHL debut last night for the Canucks. He's with the team right now on an emergency basis, and uh, Jakob Markstrom showed up to the rink with tightness in his lower body, so he gets introduced to the league playing the San Jose Sharks at 19 years old and was somewhat predictably lit up for seven goals. So, tough there. Uh, I don't imagine that'll damage his confidence too much, but nevertheless. Hey, winners of 12 in a row, the Bakersfield Condors host the Flames Farm Squad, the Stockton Heat, tomorrow night. The Oil Kings on the road this week for three games and three nights. Tomorrow, they're in Brandon taking on the Wheat Kings, Thursday in Moose Jaw, and Friday, they have the Regina Pats on the road. And then the U of A Golden Bears, who mentioned yesterday, earned a first round bye in the Canada West men's hockey playoffs so we won't know who they play until after this upcoming weekend all right still plenty to come here on oilers now at uh, 105 after this global news weather traffic update we will connect with jeff Roy Whitka. he was with the oilers organization for a brief amount of time he's a former first round pick nhler and he's the current assistant coach of the sherwood park crusaders who have uh, somewhat resurrected their franchise this season and then at 135 we'll go around the nhl with jeff merrick stick around we'll be back after eileen bell gives us a global news weather traffic update it's brendan escott filling in for bob Stock. On Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.